On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I bring you up to date with what I've been doing for the past week and a bit, and I explain why this is the first ever episode that has been late. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 87 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is a place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. I say that, there used to be two things guaranteed with this podcast. That, and also the fact that it would come out on a Friday. But, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Today's Sunday, this is episode number 87. And this week, for the first time in 87 episodes, I didn't get out on a Friday. And there's a reason for that. It's not very exciting. I'll explain as we go on. Um, But just before I continue, if I need to cough, which I do in a second... Um, I'll try and edit it out if possible. It's not COVID, so we need to know. I'll tell you more in a minute. But yeah, don't have COVID, so you can't catch it. So don't worry. <coughs> oh, there we go. I'm going to leave that one in for effect. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try and edit the rest out. So it's Sunday. It's late. Why is it late, Sean? Um, I mean, look, let's start here. It's probably going to be a short episode because I am in the office right now playing catch up. Uh, and is just on my to-do list to get this episode out there to give you a bit of an update and to get on with my week. So last time we spoke about 10 days ago now, you'll remember that I was just about to head off to Manchester to see James Smith live. Um, Didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. I bought that ticket, uh, or tickets, plural, as a birthday present for Richard. We were going to see him in Cardiff on the 11th of September. And um, I just thought it would be interesting. You know, I followed him on Instagram for a while. It was the first kind of opening up event since restrictions had ended. I thought, you know what, I'll book some tickets. We'll go along to Cardiff. We'll see what happens. And then um, booked the tickets, went to put it into the calendar for the 11th of September. And I'm like, oh, that's really weird. We have a couple of hotels booked near Manchester for that date. Like, what? what's on in Manchester? Turns out that it was, um, or it is, Park Life, which I have tickets for. So, double booked. Had to move it. Moved it to Manchester because it was the only other date that we could do with everything else going on. And so we travelled up there. And it was actually a really, really good event. Like I said, I did not know what to expect. I didn't have a clue what it was going to be about. I know that it is a book tour for James's latest book called Not a Life Coach. Of course, his uh, first book was called something like Not a Diet Book, and that was aimed more at like fitness and weight loss because that's the background he comes from. But I kind of understood the concept that this talk wasn't going to be about health. It was kind of more about life. Um, But that's all I knew, right? Turned up. um, His friend Diran did the warm up, funny guy, great. Uh, And then James did his talk And there was a couple of things I took away from it, which I fully didn't expect to take away from it, but that will stick with me, right? So firstly, and I guess this is the obvious one, like the contents of the talk, which is is an extension of the contents of his latest book, 
Um, it's just really interesting. So he essentially breaks it down into two halves. The first half of the talk, he runs through a bunch of kind of cognitive phenomenon and theory which make us stay in the same position, in the same situation, right? So like sunk cost fallacy, the idea that if we're a certain way into something, we won't move away from it. It's why people stay in jobs they don't like. It's why people stay in relationships they don't like and so on. Things like loss loss aversion, the idea that we as humans will feel more pain from losing something than we would from gaining something of equal value. And again, that's something that kind of inadvertently forces people into sticking with things, staying in situations that they don't like. So that was kind of the first half, kind of deeply rooted in psychology, the stuff that I like. So I was already kind of sold and I could see where it was going. If you're hearing these big pauses, by the way, or if it sounds jumpy, it's because I'm trying to edit out coughs the best I can by giving it a big break in between. Um, And then the second half of the talk, he basically, I don't know how to describe it other than like a call to arms. He lays out in really granular detail, like just how short an amount of time we have on earth relative to all of the time that has come before us. Um, And then breaks it down even further, right? By looking at the age of you, how old you are, how much of your life you've already used and then how much you have left. And then when you deep it, like you have such little time on this earth, like a fragment of time relative to all of the time that's come before us. You've used a lot of it already. The end part of it isn't going to be that useful. And then when you look at it that way, you have like very, very few years to get done what you want to get done. And then he kind of glues those two things together, right? So he talks about how you don't have a lot of time anyway, that you probably have far less time than you think you do. And also there's a bunch of reasons which you can now look at and say, ah, okay, so this is like the the neuroscience behind the reason that I am staying in the relationship I don't like, why I am working the job I don't like, why I'm scared to take the leap to do the thing I want to do. And in a way, it was just kind of like the standard motivational talk in the sense that it has the same conclusion, right? Which is like, go and fucking do something about it. But there was just a way that James um, constructed that talk that made it really compelling. And yeah, it was good. Um, I don't know what else to say about it really, but there are a few tickets left for a few of his dates. And so if I were you and there's one near you and you have a spare evening, I would definitely recommend going along and spending two hours of your time listening to that. And then the second thing that I took away from that talk, which was way less expected, was I have followed James as a bloke who sits in front of a camera and talks on the internet, right? And when he does that, there's just him on a camera in a room with a white background behind him. And that's it. Like there's no fancy high production. There's no team. There's no crew. It's just him and he talks and that's it. And I guess, yes, you know, he has something like 700,000 followers on Instagram. That's kind of a clue. He gets a lot of comments. That's kind of a clue. But I don't think much was preparing me for like the surprise that I felt when I walked into the, um, I think the venue was the O2 Victoria Warehouse in Manchester, fucking enormous venue, huge, right? And part of this may be just because I haven't been anywhere for two years, because none of us have, but walking into a venue that big with that level of production, with a stage as big as it was, with 1,800 seats sat there in rows, 
like almost 2,000 people. And that's just one stop on this like eight stop tour for a guy from the internet, not a guy who is a professional footballer or a musician or somebody with any kind of um, subjectively high levels of talent in the things that we typically idolize, but just a guy who shares his thoughts and has some interesting things to say, which is almost like the opposite of what social media these days rewards, right? Social media rewards, um, you know, if you look at his industry, he he's a personal trainer by trade. Social media rewards people who get their abs out in his industry, right? Not people who share their thoughts, but I just thought it was so interesting that um, through all of the noise and pointlessness of social media posts, a guy who just shares his thoughts could attract a crowd that big and that engaged who sat there in silence and listened to him talk for two hours um, and also had fun like him and Diran. I think they're like best friends. I haven't really followed Diran for a long time, but the two of them together in that venue, like if you break down how much revenue that tour has made, right? And then take away things like venue costs, security, ticketing, agents, people behind the scenes, production, hire of equipment, all this stuff. He's probably still taking home like six figures from going and speaking in eight cities and having fun whilst doing it. Like that, that is the least amount of work. And I don't say that in like a putting him down kind of way. I just mean like he was just on stage having fun for two hours. Like it's mental, the power of social media when it's at scale like that. And I've seen that online before, obviously, you know, there's a YouTuber and he gets X number of views on this video that goes crazy or whatever. But seeing it in real life, seeing 2000 people cram into a room just to hear somebody talk, I was like, man, that's crazy. So there we go. That's what I took away from that. Um, still in Manchester, went to see Cameron Rawson DJ. I think I told you about that. That was fun. That was fucking weird being in a club with all those people. Then the next day went across to Nottingham. Uh, met with Peter Watson and then we went to Horton's summer party which was a lot of fun um, obviously we didn't know many people there I knew Peter and Adam and got introduced to one of Peter's business partners in another business of his business of his called Dan um, and so it was just kind of the three of us really me Peter and Dan but you know the six or seven hours that we were there were a lot of fun um, it was nice to just be in a social setting for the first time in so long so did that, got back to the hotel, had a sleep, went to Corby on the Sunday, worked on the Monday, drove to Wales on the Tuesday. This is like a shit Craig David song, isn't it? Um, then from Wales to London on the Wednesday and Thursday, went to see Sigrid on my own on Thursday night because she was doing this tiny gig near St Pancras, which sold out instantly a couple of months ago. And um, four tickets randomly went on sale the other night. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to grab one. I'm going to buy it. And I went to see her on my own. That was fun. Again, it was another one of those really weird situations that I still need to get used to where it's like, you know, going to a gig two years ago was like a fortnightly occurrence and it was normal and it was fine. Whereas going to a gig now, like I was trying so hard to be present in the moment and be like, oh, this is fun. But I kept like not zoning out, but just looking around me and thinking like, but fuck me, this is weird. Like, this is fun, but this is weird being in a room this small with this many people and it's just normal. And it's nice. And it was just normal, right? It's just that normal takes a little bit of time to get used to as we all come out of this. Um, So then Thursday night, got back to the hotel and I had this little bit of a um, 
so like a tickly throat a bit of a cough and i thought you know what it's because i've just stood and sang along at a gig for an hour i'll probably just have a sore throat a little bit of a cough thought nothing of it cough got a little bit worse thursday night when i was trying to sleep just struggling to sleep from it um so i woke up on friday and i thought right i need to get back to wales anyway richard was driving so it was all good it wasn't like i needed to travel on public transport or anything so i booked a pcr test in croydon um bearing in mind since the weekend before i had literally been doing either one or two lateral flow tests a day just because being around 2000 people at the james smith thing then another say thousand people in that club where cameron dj'd then another i don't know 150 people at the horton's party knowing the onset time of something like covid i thought i'm just going to play it safe because i'm going to continue to be around people this week or the week they're just gone so i thought i'm just going to do a lateral flow test or two every day sometimes in the morning sometimes in the evening and they were all negative so there was no inkling of anything until that thursday night with the cough but anyway i woke up friday i thought this cough is actually a bit mad like it certainly got worse from the night before so i booked a pcr test did that drove back to wales um, and then self-isolated for the Friday evening and the Saturday morning. Woke up Saturday to a text and an email from the NHS saying that the PCR test had come back negative. But at which point the cough was like 9 out of 10 bad. And it's still quite bad today. But yesterday, honestly, if I hadn't had that test, if I hadn't had a PCR test to rule out this being COVID, I would be like 100% convinced that this was COVID which makes no sense, right? Because yes, I have a really bad cough, but I don't have a temperature. My sense of taste and smell hasn't changed. Um, my blood oxygen levels are like 98 or 99. Um, you know, all of these other symptoms weren't present, but immediately in the kind of the context that we all currently live in, I thought, shit, cough must be COVID. Turns out it's not. Uh, it must just be something else that I caught probably the weekend before based on onset times. Um, and I guess we're all just going to be paying the price of not being near humans for two years over the next few months. Because honestly, this cough, I've managed, I hope, to edit it out from most of this podcast. But this cough is fucking crazy. And um, it's really weird because in myself, I feel completely fine. I just have a cough. It's hard to explain. Like, it doesn't feel like... I have anything. This doesn't feel like a cold, right? I don't have a runny nose or anything. This doesn't feel like the flu. This from the test isn't COVID. It's literally just a cough on its own. It's so random. I don't know what it is. I've never had anything like it, but hopefully it clears up soon. I've spoken to a couple of people who've had something very similar since they started going out and about again. Um, I spoke to somebody last night, actually, and he said that his cleared up in the space of like four days. We're on Sunday right now. So I guess this is day three or four for me right now so hopefully it'll be gone soon so i can get back on with life because this is fucking annoying even though i don't need to self-isolate even though it's not covid it doesn't make it any less convenient so there we go um but yeah basically long story short that's why on friday when i got home having just done a pcr test sitting in my bed feeling sorry for myself trying not to cough every four seconds i just thought you know what there's no point even trying to record a podcast on the friday and the same story yesterday with the cough i had yesterday um recording this right now is enough of a struggle 
trying to record it yesterday. It would have just been pointless. I would have been stopping every four seconds. Um, but there we go. I've been medicating myself up with strep seals and um, lockets and paracetamol and lemons and honey and literally anything that the internet says might help alleviate the uh, the cough and the soreness that the cough brings with it. But you know what, whether it works or not, this will be gone soon enough, hopefully before next week so I can get on with having a productive week. Um, but I think that's it, to be honest. Business is going well. Haven't been doing a lot of work this week because of all the travel, but this coming week's going to be busy. And yeah, look, I'll be back on Friday. It will be a proper episode. It will be on time. And hopefully I'll have more of an ability to use my voice because right now this is a struggle. And so I guess that this is as good a place as any to wrap it up. Um, Thank you as always for listening. I hope you have a good week. And I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 88 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.